And I, I think I am in some ways closer to your mindset than I am to Barney's. I'm trying to be more collaborative. <laughs> I'm trying to let the players drive the direction that we go in and the narrative and the story more. And I think I am in some of my, let's say, my, my one-shot type games, my less, my less like deeply felt games where I don't feel as much attachment. These are games that I haven't either written um, the campaign or aren't long-term campaigns that I've been running. But it's really different. Um, and, and it is a learning curve. I... I'm I'm learning to try not to say as much. <laughs> um, I think that's the key, is you need to shut up a bit more and let the players talk, and then stuff can happen. Mm, interesting. Che, hi, it's Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. First time caller, third time listener. I was uh, turned on to your podcast by Barney, um, who is a mate of mine, and um, we have had a, a few, uh, an ongoing series of conversations, or or maybe feuds, very friendly feuds, um, and we've recorded a bunch of episodes, and I, I found it fascinating hearing the interchange between the two of you, because um, Barney and I do come from kind of different ends of the spectrum in some ways, but in other ways we're very similar, and I feel like you and Barney are as well. And I was fascinated to hear your context around adversariality and, and challenge and, you know, winning. Very interesting. Very interesting. But anyway, great to hear your podcast. Um, I'm, I'm going to devour the whole thing now. That's what I do. Once I hear a new interesting one, I, I go back to episode one and, and listen all the way through. So uh, watch your numbers tick up over the next uh, couple of days. All right, mate. Uh, great, to, great to hear your stuff. Um, be uh, nice to, to hear more and maybe even chat sometime. Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, for your call in, Andy. And uh, just as you said, you'd go back and listen to some of my back catalogue. I promptly uh, subscribed to your um, podcast and went back and over the last day or so listened to maybe half a dozen um, of your early episodes. And uh, I really enjoy them. And in particular, um, something that's happened for me in listening to um, an episode you made about entitled Why People Hate D&D, 5th Edition. Um, I thought you had a really interesting take on that, and um, a lot of what you were talking about was the, um, maybe you could call it player agency available, the overabundance, maybe from the point of view people who dislike it, the overabundance of player agency in character creation. Um, and there's a lot of political and social implications of why that is. But part of it is, is that agency to create any character, um, any race, any culture, any creed, any sexual orientation, you know, all of those any's. Um, so that kind of total open slather uh, to a new generation um, of people in this world who don't have limitations maybe that, that of us of a slightly older ilk uh, maybe grew up with and so that's kind kind of challenging both to uh, stodgy old mindsets 
but also it's a little bit challenging to dungeon masters when the door is open to so many possibilities and then you've got to start herding all those cats in one direction i mean just even on the simplest level trying to manufacture party cohesion between um, races that in, in traditional fantasy settings um, and in Dungeons and Dragons kind of Feyrun or Forgotten Realms wouldn't naturally be allies. I mean yeah we've got half-orcs in the player handbook uh, and you can you can work a half-orc into a team because they're half a human still um, but when you start to have so many different races that wouldn't even be it would be very, very difficult for them to, to function in the same party or let alone coexist in the same town or, or country or, you know, uh, without there being conflict. So you kind of got that aspect of it. But that's kind of derailed me from uh, what I wanted to really say um, was that that was very interesting the way you talked about that and it kind of clicked with something else that I've been mulling over lately. You also mentioned that you got uh, turned on to my podcast uh, from Barney at Localutus, and I've actually been re-listening to one particular episode of Barney's um, over the last few days. There's an episode entitled uh, Interview with Tom Barbelay Part 2, and if you find that in Localutus back, uh, back catalogue, and go to about minute 40, and there's a discussion that starts at that point about player agency, um, character agency, um, the importance and value of our players um, and how we really desire to keep them at our table and they're our most important resource and what we need to offer them um, to keep them engaged and keep them um, keep them coming back and keep them being part of of what we're doing and a big part of that discussion is around uh, that player agency and those that open options for everyone to almost do whatever they want. I'm just going to have to leave it there for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, called it to duty, baby duty. So as I was saying, um, the need that players have or the desire they have is for agency to be able to choose and to um, actively um, affect what's going on, not just in the moment to moments of the game, but that kind of meta level where they get to choose what character they get to play and uh, how they level up and you know whether they take a multi-class or a feat all of those things and um, I enjoy limitations I enjoy limitations um, in my creativity uh, so setting boundaries I feel like makes more interesting creative choices and I often look to impose limitations and boundaries on my players because I again believe that that's going to bring out more creativity uh, and interesting results um, when they're forced into situations so quite often um, I'll do character creation setups um, throughout a campaign where they may be limited in which race they choose or limited which classes they choose um, I might uh, potentially just lately I've done a few things where there's been limited choices about uh, what class you um, level up in so you may, might have a cursed item which the result of it is that you are forced when you level up to level up in a certain class um, or during a section of an adventure there's only one available 
like a master or someone who can train people in um, in fighting techniques or whatever so if you want to level up anytime soon you'll have to go with the training that's available so you might be forced um, or maybe only characters of a certain class might be able to level up during that section of the campaign um, unless someone wants to give up the path they've chosen in multi-class into say the fighter uh, fighter class so I'm a real big believer in limitations um, a lot of the way I design mechanics is a very meta way of designing mechanics where I, I look at the the overall rules of D&D 5th edition so I'm always um, imposing changes to stats or um, quite broad sweeping effects on the, the real substrate of character um, classes or stats so things that really do eat away substantially um, at the free what you might call the freedom um, of expression of a particular character you know I might heavily attack one particular stat of a character uh, so they really are limited in that much more than what you might see um, in in the classic rules maybe the way spell effects work or things like that um, I'll really look to impose um, some challenges on the characters that start to really hem them in um, especially put the squeeze on one particular stat amongst the whole group or or something like that and um, it's really making me think uh, about what I'm doing by listening to this episode with Tom Barbele and uh, even for example um, I'm making this mini game of creating um, orcs, orc fighters. So pretty much, you know, the character creation will limit everyone in the in the campaign if they choose to play it to being orcs. But the way I'm thinking about this, and to combat that sense of trying to control them or limit them, is I'm making a, a freely available game for my players. They can play the solo game of creating. Um, orc characters if they enjoy that process and um, the majority of them start saying hey would really I really like to play with my orc character well then hey cool I can go on with the campaign um, but if I just tried to say hey the next thing I'm doing is we're all playing orcs you have to do it I think I would really be eating away at that sense of agency and their willingness to continue to ride along with me I do have some really wonderful news to um, give everyone. Uh, after talking to my party a little bit more, after one of them uh, talked about maybe finishing up playing with us, I told them that I was going to start kind of wrapping up the current campaign we're playing. We'd only have a few more sessions and um, I asked for some ideas of what people would like to do next or if anyone else would like a go at dungeon mastering you know ask for what genres and all different things um, it's to start with and I just went quiet and I didn't get much response to start with but I stayed quiet for a little bit longer and um, over the next few days I did start getting some um, posts turning up in the in the chat and it turned out uh, that I've got five players four of them um, came forward with ideas um, that they would like to run so it looks like after next week's session um, I'm going to take a break from dungeon mastering and get to enjoy playing in the games that uh, my players 
now I guess I'll have to refer to them occasionally as my dungeon masters, um, will be running uh, for the rest of the group. So I'm really excited and really pleased for that, uh, by that because um, what a great result. You know, you start with uh, a group of players. Some of them had dungeon mastered in the past. Um, some had ne have never dungeon mastered in the, in the past. And to be in a situation now where our group kind of flowers um, full of dungeon masters um, who want to give it a go. And along with that, um, they've all got different um, campaigns, whether they're um, building one uh, from scratch or whether they've purchased one. They've got different ideas of what they want to run. And so I think we've had a breakthrough in our group in creativity and agency. Um, and I think thanks to um, podcasts that I've listened to and messages uh, that I've received from you guys kind of encourage me to keep pushing into that collaborativeness and that listening. I think I asked enough questions over time to start getting some answers because I have asked for feedback um, several times over the last year or so and you know I think it's very easy for a lot of people just to say oh yeah that was a good session or that was nice. People aren't really used to giving honest feedback um, when they're asked for their opinion. They don't want to make waves, they don't want to have awkward conversations but I'm my suspicion is that I've asked the question enough times that I've created a culture or a feeling in people that maybe I really do want to hear um, what they have to say and so they've finally uh, stepped forward to say what they'd like to do or give me a bit of feedback and I hope we can only continue to grow that um, in our group and have better and better line of communication between us as humans, as adults, as uh, friends, that communication outside of the game um, that facilitates great play uh, on that Friday night when we get round the table or when we get together on Zoom. And uh, just one more shout out in regards to this. Um, Andy, uh, I continue to listen to your back, uh, back catalogue um, since I started this message yesterday and I listened to your interview with Ron Edwards and that's another one that people should go and uh, check out. So um, that's the Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks podcast. Look for an interview with Ron Andrews or Edwards. Uh, fascinating insight into the game um, and into the relationship between um, the people that come around the game and play it. And uh, so I'm just really stoked, really excited. I've got uh, one more session to run of, of my campaign and then um, I get to make a character and play in someone else's. So uh, thanks Andy for your call in and for introducing yourself and your podcast to me. And I've uh, just got one more call in uh, before I call it quits on this podcast. So uh, buckle in for a call in from Barney. Shay, this might be a private message. Do with it what you like. But I'm listening to your episode about the orcs and getting shouted at by the sergeant, the drill sergeant, as the character creation first, like session zero or something. And based on what you said in response to my response um, about, you know, the power dynamics and so on, it strikes me that 
maybe that's not the most ideal way to coax people into the game by starting off with breaking them down and militarising them under your military uh, law. Training notes of uh, Staff Sergeant Krag in regards to Cadet Barney, whom we also refer to as Ludo or Crazy amongst us in the training rooms. I believe he has a questioning mind and an intellect that make him unsuitable for military service and we should find the, the utmost and quickest um, way of removing him from training or if he is by some chance able to pass training and I don't find a way to kill him uh, on the uh, live fire training exercises, I suggest we send him over um, out of the trenches in the first wave at the soonest possible convenience. End of notes. Good morning, it's your Friday night DM here, Shay Cormack. Um, this Friday evening just been, I actually was the dungeon master uh, for our game at uh, my place, and so I can be comfortable with the term dungeon master to describe myself. Although, as of next week, I'll be back to being a humble player and probably will be for the next several weeks in a row. Before I get on with my topic for this morning, I'd like to play a call-in um, from my friend Barney over at Loco Ludus. Um, so, here we go. Hi Shay, it's great to hear the show back, to hear your voice again, and it's really great to hear those developments within your group and that sense of the egalitarian table. It really feels like you and the group have grasped or are grasping at that potential there and long may that continue. And so I look forward to hearing more about that. I'm looking forward to us picking up our exchange and correspondence again, however we manage to do that and all the different ways that we do that. I'm just about to start a, another wave of playtesting of my own RPG system. So I wonder if maybe there's a chance to get you in on that sometime. I'm really excited about that and it would be great to have a bit of input from you. All the best. See you. Bye. Thank you, Barney. Really nice to hear your voice. And uh, one of the things I enjoyed during lockdown was occasionally uh, listening to you. And also when I was listening to My Rules Are Better, uh, hearing you mentioned and seeing the interaction you were having there. Um, I really look forward to collaborating more and being able to work together on little things. Uh, but as to playing a game together, um, considering you're on the almost exactly the opposite side of the world to me uh, and the number of small children I have, it's probably unlikely we're going to get the game together. Um, but I definitely want to uh, get our creativity smushed up together and see what we can um, put forth into the community. So thanks for your call in mate and uh, without further ado we're going to move on to the main topic. What I want to speak about this morning is grimdark, the theme of grimdark. Now a lot of fantasy um, Dungeons and Dragons type play um, some people will push towards playing a gritty style they would talk about you know maybe death is more likely there's horrible wounds you know it's a little bit darker and uh, I myself really enjoy more gritty 
um, fantasy novels. But what I've been reading a lot of lately is Warhammer Hammer 40k novels, um, especially set in the um, Horus Heresy. And uh, I'm not sure if um, they coined this term, but it's the Grim Dark Universe. And the, the novels epitomize a grim, dark setting. Um, there's always a huge body count. People are dying senselessly everywhere. Um, the protagonists die all the time or find themselves in such futile positions as they watch everyone else around them either die or be corrupted by chaos powers or turned into demons or all the, you know, the, the scale of the um, devastation, the stakes um, of in the battle between good and evil are so huge. The constant betrayal um, and despair in these novels I just really enjoy. Um, I enjoy the the protagonists um, who you might call the heroes sometimes who have um, a humanity that you can relate to as they struggle through life um, and their dark side or their maybe their sense of honor that forces them to comply in a situation or participate in a situation which they don't fully agree with or they're not comfortable with. Um, the bad guys um, who you can see some good in or understand um, something of what makes them attractive even as they then proceed to do just horrendous things. I've just been enjoying reading these novels so much and uh, I think they they really do define for me that idea of a grim dark uh, setting, something I haven't really seen much in fantasy uh, novels. And so I really wanted to bring that to the game that I ran for my friends um, on this Friday evening just past. And uh, I really hope they got that sense of the grim dark. You know, there were hundreds of thousands of dead for one thing, and the game ended um, with the planet they were leaving uh, being bombarded from orbit, um, you know, 100% casualty. And I think it's just such a really good um, theme for D&D. We were actually playing a science fiction. We were playing ICRPG Warp Shell. Um, so that was really great. But I think even in fantasy, um, doing really, really grim. I think that's the, the lesson I took from it was I just turned up everything to 12, you know. The maximum volume was 10 and I turned the crank, the knob to 12. You know, you think about grim as, you know, bodies are lying around and you know people dying senselessly yeah but not just have some people we'll have like a hundred thousand people um dead for no real reason or just to power um some kind of demonic right that's gonna you know unleash hell on earth whatever it is um that was the lesson i took from that was just turn up the volume on the the themes you're trying to achieve I think that's well expressed actually by Hank and Ferner now um, in the ICRPG um, core book um, when talking about building encounters and building adventures. Um, kind of like the wow factor he talks about. Just having just things or that kind of strike awe into people because you just make them bigger 
um, and make them more vibrant. And uh, I think that's also something I learned from um, Sly Flourish and um, fan the ideas for like fantastic idea uh, locations and fantastic encounters. Um, you know, you look at a movie, almost every, a lot of the scenes, they'll pick a fantastic location, you know. Um, if two people are going to have a conversation, maybe the, the main bad guy and the main good guy, they have it on the edge of a cliff or teetering on the battlements of a, of a castle, you know, hundreds of feet above the ground or standing um, on rocks in the middle of a lava flow. You know, you take um, what's going on and you just turn the volume up on everything and make it more dramatic, more intense. And uh, so that's what I really enjoyed about running my game on Friday night. I really hope my players um, got it and enjoyed it. But I wanted to talk about that. Like, uh, I fully recommend reading a bit of uh, Warhammer 40k literature. Um, it's just so gritty and... Um, I really enjoy it and that's why I wanted to make this podcast and include uh, my call-in from Barney because I know uh, Barney's a little bit into the 40k um, universe and so can appreciate that and uh, I do have another topic that I really want to talk about but I think I want to keep my podcast nice and short like under 10 minutes makes it an easy listen and so I'm going to do another podcast real soon and shout out to Riley I've got a call-in from you but uh, I will save that for my next um, podcast. So I just encourage everyone to make their settings for their D&D um, &D or their sci-fi uh, just super gritty, super dark, uh, lots of betrayal, death, despair, despondency, like with a little bright spark of just a little bit of hope, a little bit of humanity in there, the chance for victory. I must say my players um, the other thing I really enjoyed about our game was it came down to the last couple of rolls and the last couple of moments of the game where there was almost a TPK um, and if the TPK had gone through then the chaos ritual would have been completed turning the entire planet um, to chaos to then go forth and ravage the universe um, and the players, two of them were already dead and their souls sacrificed in the uh, by the cultist uh, to chaos but the last couple of characters just pulled off a couple of good rolls and the cultists had a couple of bad rolls and the universe was saved or at least for today but not the planet because the greenskins end up orbitally bombarding it anyway so you know there were no real winners on the day and that's the important thing so just have fun playing D&D &D and uh, catch you guys later <laughs>